I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back, and today you have just the dynamic duo, me and Ryan. Uh, And we are here to discuss Walt Disney's 2004 Home on the Range. How do you feel going into this one? I know I knew nothing about it. I did some research on it. I was super surprised at the voices and they're people I like for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, so I am excited to kind of hear them doing, you know, animated characters and things like that. Uh, I have like no feelings on this one. I've heard it's not very good. <laughs> as I've heard, far as I've heard, nobody has. Yeah, like... I've heard that people either don't care for it or haven't seen it. I'm in the category of I haven't seen it so I'm kind of open I'm trying to stay as open-minded as possible uh and I'm just like here for the experience yes we're recording this before we do the brother bear episode but I have heard Carly say our guest on the brother bear episode before that she likes this one I I think she likes all the Disney well it also depends I know she's a bit younger than us you know it depends when you grew up if this is the age you grew up of Disney movies, mm-hmm. you're going to have a different connection because these are your movies, right? Like mm-hmm. Aladdin and the Renaissance was, they came out when we were growing up. Right. So I think that, I think that kind of determines your connections and your nostalgia to stuff. Do you have any remembrance of this at all? Like when it no, came out? No, I don't remember seeing anything for it. I don't remember. It was 2004. So I was in college. I was, a sophomore, I guess. I was either freshman or a sophomore in college. And I don't I don't recall anything about it. But I will say I also didn't really follow Disney at this time. At this time. Yeah. Like I, th- I was aware things were happening, but I didn't really go to the movies much at all during my college years. I probably went to a handful of stuff. I think I remember this coming out and just not even really thinking like, oh boy, Disney is I was just like, this looks bad. Yeah. I remember it was, you know, this is the time, and I keep talking about we're now in the post-Shrek world, and it's like this well, kind of, I ha- Oh, go ahead. Well, it just, it. I remember the marketing for it, like I was looking up something today, and it was like, bust a moo, and it was like really trying to hard to like do that kind of Shrek-y marketing, and well, not really the Disney classic, not really like billing it as Disney classic, because it's also not a fairy tale, it's also... All this stuff. It's kind of based on the Pied Piper, but they changed a lot of that. I read. Well, it has a story of what it was originally like. It was it was built out of another story they, they yes. wrote. So I don't know. I mean, I think it has a Pied Piper element. Yeah, I, I think don't know the villain was... kept the Pied Piper part because he yodels, which like brings all the cows. Yes. I was reading about that slim. Uh, but I what I will say too is I read one or two things that I was like, oh, that's not. That's not Disney or Disney doesn't do that. Talking about the post Shrek era. And mm-hmm. one of those things was it earned a PG rating for the line about udders. So Maggie, Roseanne, <laughs> Roseanne Barr's character has a line that says, yeah, they're real. Quit staring. And that to me seems like more humor of DreamWorks of Shrek than it yeah. does of Disney. And then there was one other line 
that I found interesting that like they took a jab at DreamWorks and I'm like, oh, that doesn't really seem like Disney usually doesn't do stuff like that. In they their don't dialogue. follow trends. They. Yeah. And so, again, it's Maggie's character. It's Roseanne Barr's character mm-hmm. again. She has a line that says Stallion of Simoron. And it was supposed to be referring yeah. to DreamWorks film Spirit, the Stallion of Cimarron. So, yes. So, again, I read those two quotes and I was just like, well, that's really interesting because up to this point, Disney hasn't really done anything like that. Whereas, like, DreamWorks, I feel like you said, you know, they were very clearly making fun of Michael Eisner and yes. and things like that with Shrek. So it is well, interesting that Disney's, I yeah. guess, trying their hand at doing that a little bit. At, like cynical humor, which isn't as... Was never their... It yeah. didn't seem like it was their strong point. And when I read those facts, I was like, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, oh, I'm not used to Disney doing that, I guess. We're also like, Brother Bear will probably approach this, approach this too in this one. These are the two movies after Treasure Planet, which was the big... Like these two movies are kind of like Treasure Planet puts kind of the nail in Disney's well hand animation coffin, but like these are too far along. And to... this is the one. This is the last hand animated film until Princess, Princess and the, the Frog. Frog in two thousand and nine, and it is because I read numbers. You'll have to tell me if it's accurate, but I read that it grossed a hundred and forty five point five million at box office, and I read that. Uh, that it didn't make back, it earned less than half of the estimated production costs. Really? So the production costs on this were three? That I mean, it's probably marketing and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure it it, it says estimated. So I don't know. So I read... Yeah, it says here... <clears throat> well, it says here budget 110 and it says box office 145. So that's barely making back its money. Yeah, and going, then depending and that's not on including how much... Marketing, anything like that, yeah. which I'm sure they marketed the heck out of this. So it was poorly received by critics yes. and audiences, and so much so that they fired the art director. Uh, his name was Michael Giamo. I don't know if I'm saying mm. that right. G-I-A-I-M-O. But he was fired from Disney after this came out because of how poorly it did. So that's interesting. And I'm going to shift a little bit because I will say, while I don't know if I'm I've got thoughts on how I'm going to take this movie, but I will tell you, I truly appreciate the making of because the Great. making of of this one starts off and it's like, dun, 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 dun. It's, it's not that, but it's doing like a yeah. Western theme. It's like starring the director. So like everything I look for in these, it did right at the beginning. It goes, here's the supervising animators for the four ca- the three cows. And here's mm-hmm. this. And I was like, oh, thank you for doing so much of my work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, home on the Range making of. Well, and it was described as a Western comedy musical. Yes. Is how I read it. Uh, it also received a 53% on Rotten Tomato and a 50% on Metacritic. I know now, like, I'm starting to notice Metacritic mm-hmm. uh, percentages. So um, I may have noticed them before and just not said them. I don't know if you want to say what the top movies of 2004 were. Yes. I went to that. It was also the final feature film... Um, animated feature film to use the Disney cap system, which started back with, was that Rescuers Down Under? Mm-hmm. So this is the last film to use that system as well. Oh, so Princess and the Frog didn't use it? That's that's what Interesting. The, that's what I read. Obviously, when we get to Princess and the Frog, you know, sometimes we have contradicting facts along the way, but that was what I had read. So the top three movies I have here, Shrek 2, 
Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and Spider-Man 2, the best Spider-Man movie and the best Harry Potter movie. Hmm. Uh, followed at number four by The Incredibles and followed at number six. Oh, no, that's the day after tomorrow. I was thinking tomorrow never dies. So that's not, Got a, it. not a James, James Bond. Bond movie. Um, Shrek 2 making almost a billion dollars. So for wow. a long time, like one of the highest grossing well, and- movies. That probably didn't help Home on the Range because they were probably comparing numbers to look at yes. what Shrek made and look at what we made. And after this is when Disney animation shifts to CGI. They do mm-hmm. Chicken Little, Bolt, yeah. know, Tangled eventually, all that stuff. Um, wh- well, what Tangled a- doesn't come out until 2010, so well, that's I, after Princess and the Frog. Well, I think they had it as a hand animated. We'll go more into our Tangled episode, but I think this is where they say we this needs to be no longer a Disney hand animated movie. Oh, interesting. Like they they shift to that. That's something I heard. But so this originally started as a movie called Sweating Bullets. Yes, I read about this, but I figured you'd have it, so I didn't write it down. What did you read? Because I found I heard a uh, in another podcast some information that I wasn't able to. Uh, ju- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Validate or or, or, or confirm, confirm. on. Um, the thing I was watching, I understand why. What do you know about sweating bullets? I, I'll be honest. I gla- I glazed over it okay. because I figured you would have the information, so I didn't really retain it. So the rumor at some point was that it was a movie about sentient bullets. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then they decided they didn't want the movie to they, like that was a big component of it, and they didn't. You know, it's a Disney movie, so they didn't want it to be like super about guns. Uh, what they said in the uh, documentary was that it was about uh, a kind of a greenhorn cowboy coming to a uh, ghost town, and Slim was still the bad guy at that point. Okay. Um, but it was at one point it was like a male kind of East Coast guy coming and be trying to be a cowboy, and then it was like a kid, uh, a young girl, and then it became like this really adorable picture of like a baby longhorn. Mm-hmm. So it's this little like thing with like giant horns i would love a longhorn uh film i think because i fell in love with longhorns out here in texas i think that's where it eventually became like well what if we kind of switch this on set there's a lot of like switching western tropes you know it's like the cows are the heroes not the cowboys yeah Mm -hmm. there it's three women taking charge you know which is something that some of the producers uh said they really liked about this they called it charlie's angels with cows oh that's fun um uh, there's something to look out for. I want to talk about while we're watching this. Maggie, I don't know. Like, this is hard to say because there's a little bit of a watching the documentary. Like, you know what this means because you've seen the movie. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but Maggie apparently in this movie like comes to the dairy farm at a certain and point. And that's Roseanne Barr's. Character. Roseanne Barr's character. We'll go, I'll go to that in a sec. Um, uh, and she's like new to the farm, but originally she was in the farm from the beginning. And they kind of had to like late into production, make some changes and redo some stuff. And so there's scenes like there's a scene where they're all like dancing on the farm and there's like a kind of a blank space in the middle. Yeah. And that's where Maggie was supposed to be dancing around. So it's like things like that where they took her out. Um, This one of the things like looking at this is like why it didn't work well. Like they're grabbing like Roseanne Barr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. It's all people whose prime, like, they're kind of on their down slope. Like, I think they hired him back when they were looking at it in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And then it took till 2004 to come out. I, I, it's, 
I can see why people like in 2004. I don't think anyone was like a Roseanne Barr movie. Yeah, like yeah. you know, and I, I maybe she fits the character. We'll have to see here, but um, I, that's just to me one more reason maybe why this didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. Well, I have. <laughs> I feel like there's not a whole lot for this. I have some more uh, stuff, some stuff about the villain and some things to look out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. There is a goofy holler to listen for when Junior, and I don't, we don't know the characters because we've not seen it, but Junior falls down an elevator shaft. So we'll have to listen for a goofy <laughs> an holler An elevator? There. Is it a mine shaft? It said an elevator shaft, but I would have assumed it was a mine shaft, so I don't know. Yeah, and because it might be. we've not seen it, I left how it was worded in there, but yeah, I, I was like, maybe that wasn't the right word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slim's villain song... Uh, in one melody, he yodels uh, the William Tell Overture. So something else yes. to listen out for. And I was reading from the villain's book uh, that I've shared on the Facebook page that I have. Um, Randy Quaid is quoted in there when they're describing Slim. He would say, I would start yodeling. And then they had very gifted yodelers yes. who would come in. And it's such a smooth transition from my voice to theirs. So I've listened, I've watched this song. Yeah. I've heard it because, like, anytime you find a Disney villains list, it's on it. And I'm like, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the ones I've I haven't seen. I've never heard don't. it. Yes. Well, it's, you're going to like it. Um, I'm a little upset that you know about him being yodeling because that's kind of, I think, the gimmick is he's like the best cattle wrestler. Mm. And then you think he's going to like shoot the cows, but his gun is actually a guitar. Oh, And he's like, I yodel. Like, and then he does that. And he had two stunt yodelers is how they refer to it in the thing. Oh, interesting. And it was, and they're like, Randy Quaid was really up for it because Randy Quaid was like, oh, I can't really sing. Like, and he's like, he would try. But it was, it, it, it is pretty smooth transition. It's. More, uh, it's less of this doesn't sound like Randy Quaid yodeling as the the dissonance in your brain of going, I know Randy Quaid can't yodel this well. Yeah. There's no way. He, there's also a picture that I will post when uh, we release this episode from the villain's book of Randy Quaid with headphones on, like mouth open, like oh, as yeah, he's yeah. yodeling. So. He, he seemed to be, like Randy Quaid in, in the last few years, you know, a few years we've discovered he's an odd individual. We have? Oh, he, Okay. Uh, we'll, we can take this off the podcast if you want. We, we'll we'll take it off, but he's done. Uh, it's a longer thing to go into. Look up Randy Quaid, folks, if you want to go into this. Can you just tell me right now? Well, but so he looked like he was having just like a ball doing this role. And, yeah, and whatever. I was excited when I heard his voice just because I love him from yes. Ah, uh, Christmas Vacation. Did you see Steve Buscemi's in this? Yes, yeah, I saw that as well. They literally, like, designed his character to look like him and then showed it to him. He goes, oh, yeah, I'll do it. That's He's, like, great. in it for a cameo. It's yeah. not very long. Well, I also read that there's another group of villains called the Willie Brothers, and I don't yes. know anything about them, and there wasn't anything listed in the villains book, but they're mentioned in the index. because they're, they're like men- his henchmen. Okay. I think they were, uh, like, a early... From our henchmen bracket, I, they were on there for a while. Oh, but they're right. all uh, voiced by the same guy who's their animator. Oh, that's cool. Sam uh, Levine. I also uh, was reading that this is Alan Menken's only project from Disney in the post-Renaissance, a.k.a. Mm. what has been called the second Dark Age. <laughs> uh, and then his next project is Tangled in 2010. So he works on this in 2004, and then I read he works on Tangled in 2010. So i got a few Alan Menken things. First of all, the whole 
pitch of this uh, making of is they they're they're hanging out at a dude ranch telling stories about making the film and Alan Minkin they're around a fire and Alan Minkin pulls a guitar and is playing the songs from the movies and then they'll go into something about the song. Yeah. Um, before we get to Alan Minkin real quick, they went on a cattle drive in Wyoming to prepare for this. That's great. Like City Slickers-esque yeah. cattle drive. Um, the And uh, the backgrounds, the idea of the backgrounds came from that, how colorful they were from this. And they also studied uh, Johnny Appleseed and Pecos Bill. Went back oh. and looked at the old ones to kind of get inspiration. That's awesome that they revisited, you know, previous animation yeah. that they had done. That's kind of cool. Um, so there's a song under. So first of all, there's a couple songs done by. Uh, there's "Little Patch of Heaven," which is sang by Katie Lang. I don't know if it's sang sung sung by her in the movie or like kind of in the credits. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a song called "Will the Sun Ever Shine Again" by Bonnie Raitt. Oh, um, which sounds really good, and they got a lot of good feedback. He wrote it. This is kind of a disappointing story because he wrote it as a as a he referred to it as a bomb b a l m for nine eleven. Oh, because like he kind of wrote it after that, mm-hmm. and it's this idea of like you know. So that's something when you watch this to kind of think of the words and that kind of idea. And he said he was getting a lot of calls when it started going around the studio, everyone being like, "This is really powerful," and blah blah blah. And it's just I don't know if truly I believe it's a powerful song or not because I haven't heard it. Yeah, but it's and this kind is the of, Bonnie Raitt song. The Bonnie Raitt song. Okay. I don't know if she sing, again. I don't know if she sings it in the movie or whatever. But it's during a time when everyone's really like sad in the movie. Um, but it would I don't know. It feels you know a little disappointing that his you know a uh, uh, creative outlet for a for feelings of a, of a national tragedy ended up in this like kind of got buried in this movie yeah but that's the thing i, I so uh, this is to me is a good way to transition into i'm kind of think i might like this movie i like, like i said i'm going in open-minded i don't want to say oh i'm not gonna like it or i am gonna like it i just want to go in as truly a blank slate, and I think both of us are on the same page with that. I'm going in with the lowest of expectations because yeah. I've spent so much time going, Home on the Range is coming. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready for Home on the Range. Home on the Range. And then I started watching the making of, and I was just like, some of this looks charming. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 you know, I, we'll see if it ends up on, I mean, you know, this, my, so now I'm in the thing of like, I think I'm going with such low expectations that this movie can only surpass the worst it could do is meet my expectations Mm -hmm. and i'll just be like yeah and it wasn't very good well Um, before we wrap up okay sorry i have a uh trivia question for you i want to see if you can name them all Ooh, okay this is the fifth film featuring cows focus on domestic animals name the other four do dogs count as domestic animals okay so lady and the tramp 101 dalmatians Mm -hmm. the, the 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 which which number is this this is the fourth? This is the fifth. So the you have fifth. two, so have two more. more. Of domestic that came out. That are animated. Do llamas count as domestic? It's not llamas. I mean, okay, but let's just think say that they the are most, herding the llamas. Think about the other most popular domestic animal besides the dog. Oh, the Aristocats. Yes. And. I'm going to sing one more. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm still going, I think. Limp prisoner grew because llamas they're hurting. Why should I worry? Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. So yeah. So Oliver and Company. 
I was I did enjoy there's a scene in the in the I appreciate that you added llamas in there but they well, did not consider the, llamas. Well, cuz they're hurting them like mm-hmm, specific mm-hmm. so they're clearly domesticated in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of you know they they do the Disney like for Lion King we brought in a, a real lion and yes. we observe the majesty of the jungle. And this one they're like just like tied a cow and they're all like this far like I'm putting my hand not very far from my face. They're that because uh-huh. they're cows. Like they don't have to like a lion. It's like, all right, let's get some distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cow, they're like right up on them. I will say there was a line during the the talk of the Wyoming cattle drive where one of the animators was like, I never want to see a, the the rear end of a cow again in my life. <laughs> I never like they were so just over it. Well, I think it also depends on like how out of your element you are, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're if they're coming from never being on a ranch never being on doing a cattle drive and stuff like that it must have been a very unique experience i mean i uh, like i love cows like i i think they're like like i talk about lady has a very like cow demeanor sometimes where she's just kind of like calm Mm -hmm. a lot of the time um I, I like them like the, the I showed you that crout is it crouton the cow who's I believe on Twitter so, yes who's and like on Facebook around. too I or love, not Facebook Instagram I love well this will be a good time for me to to push some weird avenue of YouTube I like I love the YouTube videos where it's someone sitting in a field playing an instrument and cows like yes, approach them. Uh, yes yes especially I've when it's seen like an, some of those because you sent them to me yes, they're great especially when it's like an odd instrument like a a, a euphonium or uh-huh. something very kind of oddball um i am going to pitch i am going to promote one YouTube video that i don't think is for everyone <laughs> but i am have been i have found Interestingly, every once in a while I find someone I know who goes, oh, I also watch this thing. It's so fascinating. Yeah. It is not necessarily for kids because it is clinical. Okay. But it's called the Hoof GP. Oh, no, I don't. I already. It's them cleaning their hooves. It's them cleaning their no, hooves and, and doing like sh- they're, they're, they're shaving them. It's basically giving them like cow pedicures. It is. But it's also some of it's like diagnosing issues. and that Yeah, thing. yeah. It's safety and stuff. I just don't like watching those. No, you don't things. like those. I like watching some clinical videos no, on YouTube you. every once in a while. And, but for some reason, it's always very satisfying to see like this cow came up and it was limping and blah, blah, blah. And we did this and this and we've started on the road to recover. They do this thing where they glue like a like what looks like rubber stoppers to the other. Like if it's their left hoof is bad, yeah. they put it to the right one. So they've got like more they can put more weight on the other mm-hmm. one. And it's just so satisfying to watch these cows get out and take like two steps where they think they're going to limp. And they're like, yeah, oh, and they start yeah. walking. I feel um, like I saw in the Animal Kingdom show on disney plus i think they did that with a giraffe they were trying to to work on a giraffe's hooves i think they have hooves as well so i've seen that but yeah uh, for me i'm not super interested in that but i can understand why people are yes he's also scottish so he's like hello everyone and he's like super just (laughs) is he a vet well he's specifically this is the one thing he does because sometimes they'll, they'll show things he goes they need to go to a vet. This is oh, what I can do. Okay. I'm not trained. Like, he's very, very... But he's, like, got, like, a million subscribers. Like, it's yeah. it does exceptionally well, which is why I find people that they're like, you watch the Hoof GP? I'm like, isn't it weirdly satisfying to watch? Yeah. Um, so check that out. Again, it's a little clinical. can be a little graphic sometimes. But if that's the kind of thing you're okay with on YouTube, it's very interesting. Um, but it is also... <laughs> he gets pooped and peed on a lot. Mm, yeah. I because he's that. behind them. He's just, like, yeah. telling someone all of a sudden, it's like... And you just see him like dive out of the way and he's like, oh no. But anyway, um, 
Do we have anything else we want to say about this? No, I think, to watch it. Check it out. I think on that note, we are going <laughs> to. That's uh... my line. Oh, yeah. I was about to say your line. Oh, my goodness. Well, you want right. to try it? You want to try it? Because you always talk about how hard it is for me to say it. Well, on that note, listeners, we're going to take the VHS out of the clamshell and pop it in the VCR. All right. She did it. Mic drop. <laughs> See you on the other side, listeners. <laughs> Yodeling. You want you want to try yodeling? No, let's not do that. It's gonna be very yodeling. <laughs> okay. No, let's good. not do that. <laughs> um, I'm keeping that in. So we're back. Uh, <laughs> shocking. I liked it. I thought it was delightful. I thought it was charming. We love westerns. If you've listened to our Pecos Bill episode, I yes. mean Ryan loves that. I will say I've come to love westerns. Um, because of Ryan, we watch a lot of different western style films and i feel like this gave a lot of that i will say if you like if 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 a parent went should i watch pecos bill with my kids or this i'd probably put this first i would too i think pecos bill is because pecos bill has some problems and we talked about it it's problematic really inappropriate um issues yes and this is pretty good and there's a couple things we'll get to it at the end but i think like I would suggest, you know, even though it's PG, that one line that about one line like that really could have been cut. It's it yeah, kind of is no one was mouthing it, so it's not like they could. Yeah, it's it kind of is in a weird part of the film, right at the beginning. I think the the, the pacing line, would have been off a little, but not enough that it was. Yeah, but it's really. Noticeable. I really don't think it is a true PG film. No, I think I think I I would be pretty confident in saying you could put this on and walk away. There's, yeah. a, there's a couple scenes where people have guns, but they don't shoot them. They mostly just threaten with them a little bit. But I like. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. So I guess we're. Gonna... I also don't think it's annoying enough. Like that was my thing is I thought it was going to be really like hammy, annoying to watch. Right. Yeah. Like that was what I thought was like kind of like because it's in that like again like early 2000s era where it's going to be because there are a lot of like burping jokes and stuff which are kind of like eye rolly but yeah that didn't really bother me i mean shrek farts for goodness sake yeah well and also the other line that i was saying where they had like that dig at spirit again it went by so quick if you didn't know it was in there you wouldn't have really put it together like they didn't focus on it yeah so let's let's go into what do you think there's a bigger surprise we've had? This is up there with Sorcerer's Apprentice, where we were like yeah. shockingly like, I would watch this again. Yeah, I would watch this again. I liked the music. I, again, I enjoyed the Western theme. I think that was what I liked the most about it. The colors are beautiful. Yes. Anytime that they zoom out and, you know, uh, it's all about this tale of the cows basically going on this adventure to capture Slim mm-hmm. to save the farm. And... There are so many beautiful landscape shots, and the colors are so vibrant. And uh, yeah, there were a lot of things I really liked about it. Let's let's do this. I'm I, I just I can't get over that I like this movie. Yeah, considering I spent like the year so and a half episodes, of this podcast like, going like oh, Home on the Range is coming it. up. Like now I'm like rethinking like Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons. Like maybe this isn't going to be like the slog. The, I thought this was going to be like the slog trilogy. Yeah, it may turn out to be the shockingly. Uh, the shock trilogy, you know? Yeah. Well, it opens, and we both loved this. The castle is branded. 
Mm-hmm. So it's used like a, a cattle brand. Um, so that was kind of a real unique spin on opening with the Disney castle and the coloring is different. And then it opens with the song, which I think, is that the theme song? The Home on the Range yes. kind of theme it, that comes throughout? Well, it's hard to say it's... It's not home, it's the not song. The song Home on the, the Range, but it's their version it's of a their, song called yeah, Home on the Range. Yeah, it's their theme song to the film, which I like that it was drastically different from the original Home on the Range. Yes. I like well, that it was a fast, upbeat, had that Western feel to mm-hmm. it. That kind of like small orchestra feel with like the strings. What's the song that I feel like on this podcast, it, we they made fun of me for not knowing the Here's the Beef. Or, or, or Beef It's What yes, for Dinner Aaron song. Yes, Aaron Copeland, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. What, what episode was that? Was that John Lowe? It had to have been uh, a Fantasia episode, right? With Chris? Yes. Chris, oh, either, with Chris. Yeah, well, yeah, either Chris or Madeline. I think I got yeah. made fun of that. I didn't know Copeland. I think it was Chris. But that's it really sounds like, like, dun, 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 dun. Like, really, like, mm-hmm. western-y. It's definitely more of... I like the westerns that are a little rougher and, and grimmer. This is definitely like the '60s western of like the Ten Star, like mm-hmm. Magnificent Seven type western. Yeah, and so we it opens with that song, and then we start following a one-legged jackrabbit, and he's kind <laughs> of just having a real tough go of it. And his character is Lucky Jack, and he comes back later yes, on. Yes, and I like the bit that he's terribly unlucky because he's lost his rabbit's foot yes yeah it's a really funny bit he's like everybody used to come rub my rabbit's foot uh we find that out much later and so then there's a cattle herd and the credits then the title sequence Mm -hmm. happens here so it happens fairly quick and we find out that slim is wanted we see a wanted poster up so we know he's wanted he's wanted for 750 dollars this is where i wrote beautiful landscape so you see it right from the the get-go right Mm -hmm. from the opening and then Maggie is kind of the narrator of the story. So Roseanne Barr, um, she's kind of the main focal point. She's the one who kind of tells the tale and you follow her story. Who wasn't nearly as grating as I thought she was going to be. I thought she was going to be too. I thought she was fine. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed she's, her. I will say she's my least favorite of the cows, but she's Agreed. not like a far third. Yeah. And also, you know, we now know a lot about Roseanne Barr, but I will say I was <laughs> a huge fan of... The original um, show, not the Connors. What's the original? Roseanne. Oh, Roseanne. Sorry, <laughs> that was that was a real <laughs> a real moment of my wheels turning. Being like, come on, you know the name of the show. I loved Roseanne, so I kind of brought that nostalgia a little bit hearing her voice. I don't mean to make fun of you, but I just love the idea of like, what's the name of that show that shows that stars, that stars Roseanne? Roseanne? <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like a complete fool. Uh, and I was remembering the the Connors, yeah, yeah the yeah, Connors, yeah. which is the which um, is exactly what that which uh, I think NBC wants you to do right now is kind of forget about Roseanne forget about Roseanne and, and focus, yeah, I, so yeah. I did exactly what they wanted me to do. Uh, but anyway, she tells us the tale that Slim and the Willie brothers stole her herd, stole their ranch. We find out that she is a prize winning cow. She's a show cow, so she was in the barn when all of the other cattle was outside and uh, her rancher, I don't know if we, we probably hear his name. I just didn't write it it down. He's not in it very long. Because it's the Dixon Ranch, Ranch. but I guess his last name is He wakes up and wakes up with Maggie, um, not together, but like they go out to, (laughs) they go out. He he takes real good care of the show cow that she gets to sleep in a bed. Sleep in a bed, yeah. (laughs) But he goes out and they realize all the cows are gone. And we kind of hear from other cows that like it's a scary 
like ghost story about Slim, right? That he comes in the middle of the night and then like yes. in the morning all the cows are gone. So some people believe in Slim, some people don't, or animals I should say, not people. Uh, and so we find out that he has to move. All of his land is being auctioned off and he can no longer afford to care for Maggie. And he's got a sign on his wagon, California or bust. So he's headed out to California. Potentially, did you not see that sign? No, I'm, I'm trying to remember something else because... Do you remember? I'm wondering a, if he's heading out for the gold rush. If he's you, trying to make money that way, is do you that remember around the a same character time? in the movie called Annie? No. Okay. Well, Annie was played by uh, Texas Governor Ann Richards. Oh my and, goodness! And I got to figure out who that is in this because she must be one of the farm animals on the on um, Little Patch of Heaven. Yes. So I'm gonna figure out who it was because I was I for some reason I was waiting for this character to show up called. Ann. Oh my gosh! No, she was the saloon. Oh my woman gosh! She was who the, like kicked them all yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's hilarious. I love. Okay, that. we'll get to that. But I saw that on the thing, and that's why I was like looking for a character named Annie, or a Democratic governor of here Texas. for Texas, Te- Democratic lady governor, the yes. best governor Texas ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we find out. But oh. So that's why when you said California or bust, I was like, I thought this took place in Texas. So maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it does take place in Texas. He's I think leaving. He's, he's leaving. Okay. Yeah. So the sign is. This so- is. We're spending way too much time on this sign. Yeah. But I'm wondering <laughs> is the. I asked this earlier, but you were focused on Ann Richards. Is the gold rush around this time? Like, would he be heading out to California to try to, like, reap the benefits of the gold rush? No, this is like, uh, I think, 1890s. I think the gold rush is like 1850. 1840- 49 because it's the so 49ers. he's just like he's just so trying, he's, going, he's starting yeah. anew yeah. in california i guess so anyway uh he sells i don't even know that he sells maggie i think he just gives maggie to pearl yeah that was what i was wondering yeah because we never see like money change hands or whatever and pearl's like we'll be happy to take her and then this is where the song little patch of heaven so we get to meet all the farm animals i got excited we saw blue bonnets uh <laughs> blue bonnets are the state flower of texas uh, so we were excited to see those mentioned in the song. And you get to know all the personalities of the animals here. There's the grumpy goat. Jeb. Uh, Jeb. And then there's the piglets who are kind of messing with him. There's uh, a pig father. I think they call him father. So mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a pig mother, but there is a father. There's some chickens. There's some chicks. There's a rooster uh, who's lazy and sleeping. And one of the chicks has kind of taken over the rooster call. And then the rooster's very proud of him because he's his son. Yeah. Uh, are there any other animals I'm leaving out? The There's other two duck. cows, Grace and Mrs. C, Mrs. Calloway. There is a duck. Who like hangs out with the chickens. Yeah. And so uh, we meet all those characters. And then Sam and Buck arrive. And Sam is the law. He's like the sheriff. And Buck is the horse. Voiced by Cuba. Gooding Jr. Gooding Jr. And they basically give uh, Pearl a bank notice. And they're like, you know, you can't afford to own the farm anymore. It's going to have to be auctioned off if you can't pay. And we find out it's also $750, what she owes, yes. the same amount as what the wanted. Very typical. The, the kind of ransom for Slim. Yes. Very typical uh western storyline the farm is in danger we got to do something to help the farm yeah. some unlikely character has to go out and become a hero well and we hear from pearl that you know the harvest was bad and and things like that so it's like typically she is able to keep things going and then uh 
Sam suggests, well, you know, you've got some really great animals here. You could sell off a few of the critters. And she, you realize that this is her family. Like, it's mm-hmm. just Pearl and the animals. And she kicks them off the farm and says, absolutely not. They're my family. And so uh, Maggie kind of comes in very showboaty. She is a show cow. Yes. So she's kind of showing off. And she's, like, rolling apples down her back and, like, pulling apples from the kids, the piglet's ears as if you would a quarter, that yes. kind of a thing. And Mrs. Calloway uh, is not. By Dame Judy Dench. Yes, is not impressed by any of this. No, she's, she's because she's the one who rules the farm. She's She's, like the elder of the farm, Mm -hmm. essentially. And now Maggie has come in and thrown a wrench into that, shook things up. And then the third cow is Grace, who I actually love Grace. Yes. I think Grace is a great character. Grace is probably my favorite. And her voice? Jennifer Tilly. Thank you, yes. Um, I, I think Grace was my favorite of the three cows, too. Very aloof, very, you know, she's trying to help. Kind Mrs. of like Mary from Hocus Pocus a kept being bit. like, let's calm down. Let's have a yeah. little calming circle. Well, and she, you know, Mrs. Calloway, uh, it's clear that she settles all disputes. And at one point, the piglets and Jeb, the goat, are kind of getting into it. And this is where you see Grace's personality trying to calm everyone down, have mm-hmm. everyone relax. And that kind of happens throughout. Uh, and she's kind of aloof. She's kind of in her own little world, right. I would say, a little bit. Uh, so, so Maggie comes up with the idea for the Chugwater County Fair. Yes, that they're gonna. And I, we both said we loved Chugwater's. Yeah, a great, such a good name. Uh, what did I name? So I was on uh Nuka World DLC when I worked on uh Fallout Four, and it, Dry Gulch something was the name. Like I spent so much time sitting there because I it was there's a section of it that was the Western section. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. such a hard time coming up. With a uh, name that sounded Western. That like, didn't like exist. Rock Ridge from yeah. uh, uh, Blazing Saddles or anything mm-hmm. like that. And man, if I would thought of Chugwater, I would have been so happy. Yeah, I well, was... it would have already existed. So would you have used it anyway? No, probably not. Yeah, but, but it just, is a said, really like, good name. I'm always look out the lookout for good names of things. Yeah. So she suggests that they all, she's like, we could all get blue ribbons. It'll be no big deal. It's Let's, two weeks away. Two weeks fair. away. Let's go into town and we'll convince that horse the sheriff's horse to give us a couple extra, a little bit of extra time. Yeah. Because it's supposed to happen in three days. Mm-hmm. And she's basically like, you know, we've got a farm to save. We've got to do this. So she talks Mrs. Calloway and Grace. Calloway refuses to go. So at first it's just going to be Maggie and Grace. And then Calloway realizes they need somebody who is like very level-headed. The to chicks keep them out like of trouble. make her feel bad. They, they yeah. guilt her. So when they're walking, that's when we discover that, Grace is tone deaf, which will come. Yes, and she's singing She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain, and whoo boy, but we both mentioned how impressive, especially because the song she sings, she sings She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain, and later on she sings the actual song Home on the Range, and those are melodies that you grew up with, so they're melodies that inherently we know them. Even if you don't know the words, you know the melodies to each of those songs. And Jennifer so like, Tilly does a really good job. Yeah, I think it's really difficult... It's really difficult to sing those songs off key because you know the melodies. And she does a fantastic job at that. I feel like when other actors do it, they just hit different notes. But it's, I, I don't know. It's the best tone deaf acting. Yeah, she did Maybe she because did Jennifer Tilly might be actually tone deaf. <laughs> I don't know. But it was really good. Uh, but then the format changes. So we get the like the bold bars on the top and it the becomes, bottom. It becomes more of a widescreen, like the, it, the, the, the aspect ratio changes. Yeah, because Mrs. Calloway, as they're talking about Buck, she's like, 
he's a horse legend in his own mind. And so then we get to see his own mind. And so it's this whole sequence of him being the hero in his Western. And Mm -hmm. you realize he's kind of daydreaming. And so then we meet, there's a dog with the sheriff as well. And so we meet him and kind of what uh, Buck's life is really like as opposed to what he wants it to be like. And when the cows all walk into town, they're so startled by all the sounds in town. They're so different than, I guess, all the sounds on the farm. And so they get spooked. And this is where they end up in like a showgirl stagecoach performance, like a saloon uh, with a stage. And mm-hmm. that's where Ann Richards, she's like the head The head woman. madam. Yeah. Like, like they don't insinuate that she is a prostitute the head showgirl or the head woman running the show yes but if in a another western clearly she is the 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 head madam of the saloon yeah and so a whole nother physical sequence happens which i think is really funny and uh she kicks the cows out and so then they run into buck and he says no you've got three days to pay the full amount like there's no There's no extending this. It's three days or nothing. And then all of a sudden, everything gets dark. These storm clouds roll in and it's all this dust. And this is where we see Rico. And Buck idolizes Rico. Rico is the hero because he's the bounty hunter. He's like the outlaw, but not the outlaw. Mm -hmm. He kind of like um, straddles that line. He turns in a bounty to the sheriff and the sheriff says, well, we've only got one left and it's slim. Uh, voiced by my former co-worker, Charles Dennis, who worked with me on Skyrim as the voice, voice of Odaving the dragon. Which is exciting, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's kind of this mysterious character, very sleek, very, you know, what you think of when you think of like man a Western with, bounty Well, hunter. yeah, he's Clint Eastwood. He's the man with no name. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, so Maggie, this is when she makes the connection that Slim is the same amount for a reward that they need to pay. And Maggie's got a real revenge bone to pick with Slim because of what happened to her ranch, because of what happened right. to Dixon Ranch. So she wants the three cows. She wants them to go get Slim before Rico can make it to capture him. So that's kind of what sets them off on this adventure. Rico takes Buck. He needs a horse. And Buck is basically sobbing, excited, cannot wait to be the horse of Rico. Yeah, every time he gets like a saddle on him or something, he thinks it be Rico, there's like tears in his eyes. Yeah, and so this is when the cows go off on their way. Rico goes off with Buck, and this is when Grace is singing Home on the Range, also off tune. This is also when they go past the Dixon farm. And so the other two cows kind of find out more of Maggie's story. Yeah. And we see that the whole farm is being auctioned off. And so then we approach a cattle drive. Basically, Maggie says... If we get to a cattle drive, that's where we're going to find Slim because Mm -hmm. he's going to be taking more cattle. So I don't know if you want to mention it here about who they hitch a ride with. Oh, it's with a a Mandarin Chinese man who speaks Mandarin. And I I like that, A, they do a good thing of like not showing the typical like he's a chuck wagon cook. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was, there was part of me that was kind of excited to see. I like chuck wagons. We went, Tara took me to a chuck wagon cookout for a uh, birthday. Yeah, one it was time. a it was cook good. off. And, 
it was I was a wanted to see some some Chinese chuck wagon cooking. I was excited yeah. for that. But B, I like that he wasn't, you know, the typical like I feel like the easy thing to do in this is show them as a railroad worker because, you know, Chinese immigrants in the eighteen hundreds were treated horribly. And that's kind of just how they're represented. But And he was really excited because the sheriff oh. thinks they're <laughs> the, sheriff's the sheriff like, thinks it's his cows. And ties so into he, the back. He goes, oh, wow, free cows. What a country. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> in that's, Mandarin. In Mandarin. And that's the only time we see him for no, the most part, He right? does it one more time when uh, Grace is singing. He goes, oh, God, no wonder they were free. Oh, I missed that. That's yeah. funny. Uh, so, yeah, so that's when Home on the Range happens and all of that. They go past Dixon Farm. And so they approach the cattle drive and all the lor- longhorns, all the male cows. What are male cows called? Bulls. Bulls are all, I don't know, can I say this on the pod? They're all. <laughs> um, they're all excited to see lady uh, Yeah, cows, okay, I, I guess, guess you're going to have to let's, quack that out. Let's, let's, uh, let's say, I, but they're all very like, They're hey, enthusiastic. They're yeah, very yeah. enthusiastic. They're not very bright, but they're very enthusiastic. Um, and they're I mean, hitting they're, on all three calling. of the cows. Yeah, they are cattle. Oh my god, I didn't even it's put that together. Call. But they're that's a hundred percent what they're doing. They're dopes. Yeah, like, and Maggie calls them lover bulls at one point. It's the situation is Maggie and Mrs. Callaway don't want to. I mean, Mrs. Callaway doesn't because she's married. I don't know where Mr. Callaway is. Oh, that's a good point. Is it yeah. Miss Callaway? I think it's Mrs. I th- I can't remember now. We'll have to go back and look at that. I but. always think it's funny to give a a. a, a a pet or an animal, a title of like Sir something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I did like, and then Grace is kind of like, not like hitting on them, but she's just like, oh, they seem nice. She's like, very yeah. nice to them, and yeah, and enjoying talking with them. And this is when we're introduced to Slim. I really enjoyed his song a lot. I really yes. liked it a lot because it's dark and scary. You think something sinister is going to happen with how he captures the cows. And I think you mentioned this well, at they, the top. They throw him something that looks like a rifle. And then the reveal, because he's singing this song. And then all of a sudden he goes into the yodeling as he turns it another way. And it's clearly a guitar. And then all the colors get very vibrant. He's got a sparkly uh, yes. kind of rodeo outfit on. Well, he looks like a, a yodeling cowboy. Like, yes. like, like that kind like of Like a idea. Roy Rogers yes. style. He's got fringe. He's, mm-hmm. he's, and it's, yeah, it switches to that. And it's really great. And so his song, do you know the name of his song? I don't, the, the Yodel song? I don't know. I can look it up. Yeah, if you could look it up just because it's so good. But it's all bright colors. And we realize that when he yodels, all the cows are kind of um, hypnotized. And he can basically take them wherever they go. And uh, well, The song is, is, of course, titled Yodel, Odel, Edel, Idle Ooh. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Uh, and it's a really, I loved the song. I thought it was a really good song. You see how all the cows are hypnotized and then you see this twist that Grace is not affected because she's, she's tone, tone deaf. deaf. And well, she as thinks she, puts she has it, perfect pitch. It's anyone with less than per- perfect pitch is the Yes, is because she's, because they're like, his singing was, it transfixed me and I, I don't know, I, I just, I thought I was dreaming and you know the other two cows are describing what they felt and Grace is just like I didn't think he was that good yeah (laughs) it's so good it's such a good bit this scene has a little bit when the cows start changing colors it has a little bit of a pink elephants on parade yeah they zoom out and you see you know hundreds of cows all moving in different directions all these bright colors changing it's a real show-stopping number Mm -hmm. I think uh and so then 
Rico catches up with the cattle herd. And at this point, all the cattle have disappeared. Yes. Uh, because Slim has taken them all as he sings. And this is when he winds up leaving Buck behind because he's skittish of cows because he's getting frustrated with the three lady cows. Yes. They're, he's doing something. He's like, it's too skittish around cows. He takes another horse who has a very famous voice that we'll get to in a, in yeah. a little bit. Uh, and Grace is really sweet. She tries to invite Buck along with, you know, the other two cows, Mrs. Calloway and Maggie, don't really want anything to do with Buck. But Grace basically re- does an olive branch and is like, you know, you need to calm your temper down, but we'd love to have you join us. And he, of course, loses his temper and then decides he's going to catch Slim on his own and prove to Rico that, like, he's a good horse. So now it's Rico takes off first on his new horse. Yes. Then Buck and then the the the... The bovine bounty hunters. Yes. And so uh, we find out that Slim's like kind of evil plan is he's buying up all the land to own the territory. Yes. Earlier when they go by the Dixon farm, they show the sale and it's sold to someone named Yancey, Yancey Odell. Yes. Which realizes which wh- is why Odell Yodel. Yodel. It's so good. I love but, it. But when he did that, I was like, I was like, that's Randy Quaid's voice. I'm like, oh, it, that's got to be Slim. That's his deal. So, and yeah, I he, didn't catch it because it's kind of quick. So you yes. can catch it depending on if you focus in on that. And he has like a disguise. And the Willie brothers, his sidekick, his henchmen, his nephews, I his nephews, guess, are idiots. They are dumb as rocks. <laughs> and they are, every time he puts on the disguise, they don't know They're who like, he who is. Are you? Yeah. And so this that's a whole running bit. But he realizes one of his nephews always sits in the same spot in front of the map. And he realizes that when his nephew moves, the shape of little patch of heaven, little piece of heaven, little Little patch patch. of heaven, is the same shape as his nephew's head. Which I thought was a really funny little Yeah. I legitimately laughed at this movie. I'm going to make a really big claim right here that Madeline's going to hate. I'd watch this again before I watch the Aristocats. I'll say that. Yeah, I think it has... I don't know. I, I think it plays to the things we enjoy. Yes. I so think, I think that's part of it. Yes, we love Westerns. We live out here in Texas. So there were some nods to Texas that we okay. really enjoyed. I think it's a better movie than the Aristocats. Boom. Boom. I said it. <laughs> Bone to pick, Madeline. Call us. Uh, so we realize that that's his master plan. He's basically taking revenge and he kind of explains it. It's kind of a quick explanation. It's a, it's a, like nobody realized his talents when he worked on all these different ranches. So now he's like getting back at them all this way. It's not a very like solid revenge. If you ask me, I think he's kind of going overboard, but that's fine. Uh, So then we see that the cows are following Buck. They're following his like hoof prints, right? Yes. And they say they're on the scent, and but they're really following him. And then he leads them astray by like marking all these prints all over the place. He runs all around, and then a flash flood comes in. Mm-hmm. So this big, big storm runs in, flows in. The cows all fight with one another. This is where Mrs. Calloway's like, "That's it. We're going back home. This was foolish. Like, why did we do this?" And Maggie says, fine, I'll leave on my own. You two can go your own way in the morning. And this is when the Bonnie Raitt song. Um, will, uh, will the sun ever shine again? Which unfortunately on the Home on the Range soundtrack, they don't have the Katie Lang or the Bonnie Raitt song. Oh my gosh. They're both very, I thought were really good songs. Which is kind of a bummer. The but Bonnie Raitt or the Katie Lang song is the one when we meet all the farm Little animals. Patch of yeah. 
Uh, the Bonnie Raitt song was beautiful and it does slow down the film a little bit. We were talking about it before we record it. But like all tensions are high. Like we're following all these characters along. Pearl is packing up the farm. She sa- she doesn't know where the cows are. She's really upset and worried about them. The cows are kind of fighting with one another and they're kind of in a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. Buck is on his own. And I think I th- I think it fits. I don't know. What did you feel? Did you feel it fit? I mean, it's a slowdown a little bit. I feel like this is the scene. I think they were a little nervous about having this type of scene in uh emperor's new groove because when they had this scene where everything was at its lowest point is when like Cusco came and is like okay this movie's about me not him me yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. Did, like or, or like they're or they're like this is me this is you know they kind of release the tension and i think that works a little better it, it's a slowdown in a movie that's otherwise pretty madcap it's hard for me to say they could have taken it out because it's a really good song. And I think it does progress the story in the sense we see where all the characters are and their desperation. Yeah. All characters are it's, in kind of desperate situations at the in this song. I will say it's a short song. It's not like over it doesn't overstay yeah. its welcome. Yeah. But it's a I, the the words especially knowing the the idea of like this is us dealing with our feelings post 9/11 mm-hmm. like really I think affects that song. Yeah. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So the cows wake up, they can't find Grace, and they realize that she's made friends with the jackrabbit, who's yes. uh, Lucky Jack. So he comes back, and he's gotten them food, and he can he basically tells them, oh, I know where Slim is. Yeah. And he's at Echo Mine, and I can take you there. So now they have, Grace calls him a shaman. Uh, yes. She calls him something else at one point, but it, basically he's their savior, essentially. Like, they had no food, they had no water, now they have all these things, and now they have a way to get to Slim. Yes, and then there's this thing where it's like, Calloway, they're like, Grace is, or uh, Maggie's like, I'll help you find, you guys help me find him, and then I'll leave the farm. Yeah, she's like, you want to buy the farm back, I want revenge for my farm, Together, we can capture Slim, no problem, yeah. and then we'll go our separate the ways. The plotty stuff in this is kind of hit or miss, but, like, the comedy is pretty yeah. good. Like, So then there's a song while following Lucky Jack. And they just that's, re-redo that's Home, that Home on the, on the Range, Range song yeah. again. Yeah. I didn't write it down. I just wrote it. And then we get introduced to uh, Steve Buscemi's character. Yes, Mr. Weasley or Wesley. Or Wesley, yes. yeah. And he's very, like, short man, especially compared to how big Slim is. If you're worried that you wouldn't be able to tell which character is played by Steve Buscemi based on the way their face looks, don't worry. Because and the way they sound and the minute you, you I mean, yeah, talk, like for but... some reason you're watching it on mute and you're like, who, how will I know which one's yeah. Steve Buscemi? You'll know. So uh, we realize he is a black market cattle man, essentially. Yes. He's going to come in. He knows all this cattle is stolen. He's going to come in and buy 5,000 cows from Slim. So that's what's giving Slim the money. So basically, Slim is stealing these cows, selling them, and with the money, then he's buying the farms he stole them from. Yes. And so this is where we also get more introduced to Slim's. He does not ride a horse. He rides a, a buffalo, buffalo, which I think is kind of a fun a, a bison, twist. Or a you, bison. Or you have to say an American buffalo Excuse or a bison. Uh, he rides a bison. Uh, Apologies to all our bison listeners I apologize. There. He rides a bison. <laughs> Uh, but I like that twist that he doesn't ride a horse. And I love any bit where something somebody rides something that's not a horse. Yeah, and it, it like the way that they're both animated, like they fit really well together. Yeah. I think. And so his name is Junior, 
And we find out that he's kind of like the bouncer. Like, he's not going to let anybody he, in. Yeah, because it's Cuba Gooding Jr. standing up there trying to convince him. Like, come on, I'm supposed to be in there. It's it's definitely a scene from a club. Yeah. And then the cows walk up and he's like, ladies, come on in. And he's like, well, I'm with them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, they're cows. They can go in. He's like, well, what about the jackrabbit? He's like, clearly they were with the cows. Yeah. Or he was with the cows. And so then this whole, it's a whole physical sequence. So this is something you really... Well, real quick, they explain the plan, because I want to get this part in, where it's, they explain the plan, and then Grace goes, come on, you guys can't get the plan? Like, it's blah, 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 and she, that's when she starts showing up as, like, it turns out she's not quite as flighty as you think she is. She's very Or, like, smart when she's plan. determined or yes. focused, she can, like, really, like, do the task at Because, hand. spoiler alert, Grace is the real hero of this movie, we yes. find by the end. yeah. And she, like, gets cotton off of his tail and puts it in their ears so they won't hear him yodel and mm-hmm. stuff like that and so yeah so there's this whole physical sequence that it's really better if you just watch it but yes. it's them capturing slim you're going through this whole mine uh all the cows they realize they're at 400 997 so they're missing three, three because they had counted them so it's this whole big thing and they wind up capturing slim and at one point, Buck has him. At one point, Rico has him. At one point, like all yeah. of the characters kind of all meet up here it's, at it's the mine. It's a minecart chase. It's a yes. train. They get to the train. This is where Junior falls down. It is an elevator shaft. He falls down yes. that. But we find out he's still around because we see him later on in the film. Yes. And it all culminates with them crashing into the train because Steve Buscemi's character is like, well, while this is all happening, I'm going to just take my money and the cows and leave on this train. Right. And so everybody all crashes together into the train. And then we find out a bigger twist. Now, this is a spoiler. So if you don't want to <laughs> be mean, spoiler, I guess skip ahead. But I, I enjoyed this twist. I was like, it's oh. A, it's a Western. Yeah. Like a lot of times there is a twist in a Western. Well, because the character. So the, the twist is Rico's working on the side for. For Slim. Slim. And then yeah. Rico He's covering seems his like, tracks. But Rico, even from the beginning, like I was talking about how this felt like a very like 10 star, like, um, you know, Western good guys are good guys and bad guys are bad guys. And Rico didn't fit that. Rico felt more like the 70s, uh, you know, the later uh, uh, spaghetti Westerns where it's like, we, the, the good guy seems kind of bad, you know, yeah. and it turns out he is a bad guy. And that like blows Buck's mind. Yeah, and he doesn't know what to do now yes. because he's been idolizing Rico and thinking Rico's the hero. And he says later on in the film, you know, I now know who the real heroes are when he goes to help yes. the cows. So he, so he, so Slim takes the money, runs off to go buy a little patch of heaven, and then Buck has a change of heart and goes, no, we're going to save the cows. Goes back, throws Slim off. This is when we hear, oh, we didn't talk about the famous horse voice. That was earlier on. Oh, when he can, so when he convinces the other horse to leave, it's Patrick Warburton. It's Kronk. Yes, and we it's and such that a was a quick surprise. Couple lines, like, but it was exciting. We both like. I was looking at the. It's so buried deep in the IMDb page that I missed it. Looking at all the other voices. Mm-hmm. So when it happened, we both went, "Is, is that Kronk? Yeah, <laughs> is that Kronk? yeah. Uh, and so that's like before this whole chase scene happens. Right. He runs uh, the other horse away so he can be Rico's horse again. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so then everybody goes their separate ways. So, and they beat up, they do beat up Rico. Slim leaves. They they don't really go their separate ways. So do you mind if I, if I take the, if I take the reins for a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. ahead. As in in a horse metaphor? Yes, take the reins. Um, he goes back and he, uh, helps the ladies get loose. He, he, I think, I think he kicks 
Wesley, we were thinking about what happened to him. Yeah. And then he's bucking around with, with uh, Rico on his back, and Maggie takes Callaway's hat, throws it outside, so that makes Callaway like freak out and break the door because she doesn't like when her hat's taken off. they're trapped in the train. They're trapped in the train. They get out, and then they're like, well, how are we going to catch up with him? They, they capture the Willies. They capture uh, uh, Rico. They capture ca- everyone but Slim. But Slim. And they go, how are we going to catch up to Slim? And that's when Callaway's like, we're going to take this train. We've done all this other silly stuff. Why can't we drive a train? Which is kind of like everyone in the theater going, yeah, you've. D- why can't you drive this yeah, train? Yeah, she's like, we did all these things we didn't think we could do yes. because of you, Maggie. We can do this. Yes. So indeed they do drive a train. Yes. With the jackrabbit and the horse. They have another train coming at them. Uh, Buck and L- Lucky Jack run ahead, change the thing. So now it's just the the cows and they are headed the 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 train conveniently goes right past little They mentioned that at some point, yeah. And so the train goes off the tracks and they basically run into the farm. And I was thinking when that happened, I was like, poor Pearl's gonna have to yeah, repair thanks that whole for, fence. Your farm is saved. There's a train in yeah. the middle like that's not easy to get that train out of there. Yeah. You gotta take it apart. And so they wind up... There's no cranes in the Wild West. <laughs> it was right as uh, Yancey Odell uh, is about to sign the deed. And when everything happens, all this commotion, he ends up in the train chimney? What do you call that? Steam pipe, I guess, or chimney. Uh, yeah. It's, it's all... Because I, there's one little part about this that I liked, and that's that all the animals like take turns beating up on him. Because he pulls a gun on the cows. Yes, that's And then right. the... Ch- the, ch- the uh, all the, like the pig the and Jeb and-, and everybody, like everybody kind of takes turns mm-hmm. on him. So then he's stuck in there and he's about to yodel and, uh, Grace like karate kicks a, a, a cowbell Cow- into yeah, his mouth. Yeah, because the other two cows start to get mesmerized. Yeah. And it's so funny because it is like he starts to yodel and it's like, boy. Yeah, it's their like eyes that, their get like crazy colors. It's so funny. It's, it's like good. the funniest part of the thing. And then that's the, they. Well, they, they reveal because his disguise comes off. Yes. And oh, yeah, they reveal, the, the, that's when everyone yes. realizes who he is. The sheriff captures him. It's a very him. Clark Kent situation where it's like, no one else is shaped like this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they send him off to jail. And then the farm, it's kind of like a happily ever after. Like all the characters, the sheriff is there. Buck is there with the dog. Like everybody's on mm-hmm. the farm. And then we realize that they all went to the fair. And they all the animals come back with blue ribbons. Yes. They all come back the with first place. The chicks come back and they're so small you can't see them behind the blue ribbons. Yeah. And so all three of the cows have blue ribbons. And, uh, you know, it's just they all kind of dance. And then yeah. the end. Oh, the end. There's that dancing sequence. The male cows. The bulls come back. The bulls come back. And then like. I guess the insinuation is that Mrs. Calloway gets together with Junior. Like, because they pair up in the oh, dance. Oh, yeah, they do pair up in the dance. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Junior uh, is Mr. Calloway. It's maybe, Junior Calloway. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, and it just kind of ends, like, with a little, like, happy little dance scene, and the farm is saved, and they yeah. save the day. We always ask our questions at the end of an episode, so here we go. How was the princess? So I think the princesses in this are... Um, Maggie, Mrs. Calloway, and Grace. I think we've kind of talked about all three of them. Mm-hmm. I'm Maggie's a very strong personality. It's similar to Roseanne Barr, I think, in person as far as that goes. In a, in a good way. In a way. good way, yeah, yeah. But like that strong, like female, like I'm not going to take no for an answer kind yeah. of a personality. Mrs. Calloway is kind of the, the elder, the older, again, very much like who voices her character, kind mm-hmm. of the wiser cow, but also one who's hesitant for adventure and then grace is like the happy-go-lucky up for anything um 
and who kind of turns out to save the day. Grace was my favorite out of the three, <laughs> yeah. but I really in, I enjoyed them as a threesome as well as yeah, each of them I think, individually. I think those three characters worked really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the prince? Buck, I guess, was the prince? I guess, I yeah. really didn't like Buck. Not as a character, but I was just kind of annoyed by his, like... I mean, he has a good turn at the end. Like, you have to yeah. kind of be that you way, You have to too. go through it. Yeah, I, by the end, I'm like, oh, I like Buck. Like, yeah, it was a little heavy-handed, but I think you needed that to know because he wouldn't have just helped the cows without the turn of Rico, I don't think. He didn't have go-away heat. He was just, I was just kind of like, man, I wish he wasn't such a, like... I was almost like, is he also a villain? He's until kind of, the he was end. kind of an intense personality. Yeah, he was yeah. he was an antagonistic force throughout a lot mm-hmm. of it. So I was kind of, but I, I did like him. Uh, sidekicks and henchmen. Let's talk about the Willies. Like I really, they were. I loved the voice. The hey, yeah. Uncle Slam. Uh huh. And like mostly because I can do it. They literally were one person, even though there were three yes. of them. They were three of the same person. I thought that, I like their design. I liked how you never saw their eyes. They had that yeah. big old chin. One was like always tuning that banjo, and the strings were always snapping. Yeah, it, it was. Like... They were just like it was very nineteen seventies Disney like bad guys. Like this movie. Mm. While it didn't feel antiquated in that there were like old fashioned ways of doing things, like I think there was like this felt like an idea that could have fit into like the seventies. Yeah, era. I mean, you know, we talked about Pecos Bill. It has a very similar feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. To Pecos Bill in that regard. Uh, as far as like the other animals, I liked Lucky Jack yeah. a lot, and I enjoyed all the other animals on the farm. Yeah, I think they were fun. Yeah. Um, favorite musical number. I, I, I think we're both got the same answer. Yeah. The villain, the, the yodel song. The yodel song. Yeah. This is my absolute favorite. I really like little patch of heaven. I'm shocked that I liked every song. Yes. I would agree with that. Like I thought it was, I'm like, there are going to be some bad songs in this. And I was like, no, I like, this I, is going to be when we play villainous or something, we have, uh, Disney music playing. Yeah. Like I'm ready to put some of those. Some of those songs, Some of those songs added to it. Yeah. I really liked Little Patch of Heaven, but the the creativity behind the Yodel song, the fact that that's how he yes. hypnotizes the cows, how it becomes this western showy, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, singing yeah. cowboy. Yes. It just everything about it is why that song wins for me over Little Patch of Heaven. I think Heaven. the the musical number is the best. Like yeah. The video and everything that goes into it. Like, mm-hmm. the song... I think all the songs are pretty close when it comes to, like, just listening to the song. Yeah. But that musical number was Yeah, it was good. a show-stopping number, I feel like, in the movie. Um, Does it hold up? Let's talk a little bit about female character agency, because this is three... Uh, three independent cows. Well, uh, and Pearl, Pearl is a woman ranch owner, a farm owner. Yes, on all on her own. She feels a little bit like a progressive version of the widow Tweed. Yes, and actually has a first name. Yes. yes. Um, but no, I liked that she was kind of strong and set in her ways too. She wasn't mm-hmm. going to compromise anything. You know, if she had to pack up and leave, so be it. But she wasn't going to sell her family off. She wasn't going to sell her animals. Right. Um, off to like keep her land. She was a strong female character as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think as far as female characters go, we had some really good examples of very different yeah. women personalities. And it was like a fun group. And none of it felt like it felt like it was. It wasn't like 
the uh, uh, Xena warrior princess, like, let this is how we show it. Like, it didn't feel like, a, it felt like, th- so they had some women writers on here. Okay. So that it felt like women writing women, which I think mm. it feels different than men writing strong women. Yeah, I would which agree with I that. I like strong women written by men. I don't think men can necessarily not write strong women, but it has a different feel to it, I yeah. think, especially at this time period. Yeah, I would the, agree with that. Um, Drinking, smoking. Well, they're in that saloon for a little bit, That's so maybe it. it's yeah. in there. Um, uh, ethnic representation. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty white cast. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it. Um, I mean, it's mostly animals, and it's. it's mo- I don't think there's any. No, there were no. There were some uh, a couple characters of color, but their background. I well, like the representation the... of the Mandarin Chinese yes. man. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not not perfect, but. I, I was okay with it, but I'm also a white guy, so I'm pretty much okay with 95% of, of media out there. So yeah. what you make let us know what you think. Uh, guns and firearms, they pull a couple guns. There's no guns fired. I don't think... Did someone fire a gun at one point when they're doing... They might fire a gun in the air. Yeah, I can't recall. Which is why they get scared or something like that, but... Didn't for a western, it felt very well, and gun-like. also even that western standoff moment between Slim and the cows when they zoom in on his hand. Yeah, he doesn't have a gun there, whereas in a western, you would have a gun in your hand, right? There. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I liked that moment a lot too. Um, so now it's time for the infallible scientific villain rating. All right, uh, so again, if, if you haven't, I kind of want to start kind of saying this real quick to our, to our audience, but if you this is a Seven point uh, ranking, uh, one to five, with one being the lowest, five being the highest. Uh, where we it is it is uh, done. Uh, scientists in Switzerland have given us this this ranking. It is there's no way it's like you know how they have somewhere the the piece of metal that is weighs exactly one gram and it's like the gram that they do everything. Yeah, that is what that is, those are the same scientists who gave us this. <laughs> there's no way that this could possibly be wrong. So. Here we go. Um, Tara, let's go with frightening. I didn't think he was very scary. I think when he's introduced, there's like that eerie scariness. And but I never felt. I never felt that the animals were threatened because he just sells them off like he's not out to. He's a comedy villain. He's not. Yeah, he's not really out to like seriously injure anyone. There was a scene where he got real mad that seemed a little. So I think I might give him a two. I'll give him a two. You don't have I to also give him a think, two. Well, no, because I think that opening before he jumps into his like yodeling song, it has a you're not sure what he's going to do. Right. And so I'll give him a two for that. And everyone talking about him. He uh, everyone else is feared by him. Like right. he's feared by everyone else. So I'll give him a two for that. Absolutely. Um, funny. I-, I think the movie's funny. I don't think I-, I like all of his funny points are funneled into his song. His song and his henchmen. His yes. henchmen have a little bit more of the comedic part. I don't think he does. I'm willing to give him a three. Yeah, I was thinking around a three as well. Um, I think because I he was voiced by Randy Quaid, I think I expected him to be funnier. I didn't mind that he wasn't, but I think I just expect it. Like more bits. Yes. Uh, fierce. So I want to give him points for the, the sparkledy outfit. That outfit is great. The outfit is great. The rest of the movie, I wouldn't call him fierce. No. I'm between a two and a three. I'm the, I'm exactly the same. Do you want to... I'll give him a two. You give him a three. Sure. <laughs> now, we're, now we're gaming the system. We are we're, gaming the system. We're playing with Moneyball with, uh, yeah. <laughs> with 
with this. But that's fine. The the scientists in Switzerland have have taken that into account. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next is effective. I will say, I think he's one of the more effective villains in his. He has plot. every. He has every ranch. He is basically owns the territory minus right. And little I patch. Of I literally at the end went. So wait, does he still get to keep every other piece of land? Because he goes to jail. He doesn't die. Yeah. Or he goes to jail. So I guess the bank takes all that I land. I guess, but that's, that's a question we're left with as an audience. Yeah. And again, as I said earlier, then the bank owns most of the land, and that is not the country the founding fathers intended. Um, uh, but also, not only does he buy up all the land, but he successfully like puts a lot of people out of business, which was his revenge plan. Well, and all those cows that they just let loose, like, do they go back? Like, there's... There's 5,000, well, 400, 997 cows that are just running wild. And is that just that group? Because he had the money to buy all the places earlier. So the, the, the implication seems to be there's all these other cows that he sold. What happened to them? They probably went off. Home on the Range has some questions to answer. Yes. Home on the Range 2 would have explained all this. <laughs> I do think he's very effective, though. I think. I think he's a four. Yeah. I mean, he almost completes his revenge plan to a T. Like, I feel like he might be a five under how we. Here's the thing. I think his plan is not great. Is not necessarily yeah, great. I also true. think like his effectiveness as a villain is specifically towards cows. That's <laughs> like true. his, his that's superpower. True. All right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't I'll know. I think a four. four. I think All a right. four. Um, design, boy, I like that sparkly shirt. But uh, I like the design of him. He's very intimidating. He's a very like round tall big man like he's very imposing yes i like that he's big and his name's slim yeah i also like and it's Al- alameda alameda slim yeah i i like the i like him with the buffalo i think you have to include junior in his design because that's kind of like who he's with a lot of the time or no i i don't know that i would you're oh. you know the you're welcome to do that if you want like so what, what number do you think you'd give him for design i'm between a three and a four I think I'm going to give him a three. So and what's your reasoning? I mean, I think he's an interesting... I I didn't like his jowls. Like, there are some shots of him that I just didn't like. That Not that it was, like, go-away heat or anything like that. It was just visually unpleasing to me. Okay. I didn't have that. I'll give him a three. I wasn't, like, super wowed, and I feel like that's more what my four Yeah, I, I mean, are, I think so. he's not bad. But I, I did he's... enjoy... There were some things I enjoyed about how they designed him. Mm-hmm. Um, go away. He he didn't really have any from me. No, I actually wanted to hear Mutal more. Yeah, and so I'm gonna give him a one for go away. He and I'm also gonna give him a one for yes factor, just because I didn't know anything. Like I knew nothing about him, but on a rewatch, he would have a higher yes factor because I love his song. I think so his I'd be song would have a higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think on this one, I'm gonna give him a, a one. Yeah, I am too. I did. I will say I got a little excited whenever he was about to yodel, but I just don't think that factors into yes factor um i also don't want to like overrate this villain because we were so excited for like how this movie turned Turned out out for us yeah no i get that so what is he he has a 16.5 okay so he is tied for what i believe is 40th place oh uh with honest john from pinocchio and murloc the magician from Mm. ducktales Okay. 
he's, he's one that I think was kind of hard to rank. I yes. almost feel like he should be a little bit higher. Well, but... a little bit higher would put him in what I think would be a little bit more of an appropriate place, but he's right around the Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, yeah. I would say that that's a little bit more appropriate. He's about a half a point below. Got it. Okay. So that's that's the only thing. All right. I'm okay with that. Okay. So I guess, you know, 16.5, he's tied for 40th. Uh, we have just one question left, and that's, do we add it to the collection or do we lock it in the vault? I'd add it to the collection. Yeah, I think it's also kind of a, like, this is how Texan I am. I like this universally I, yeah. disliked. Here's the thing. I think if you're a fan of Westerns, I think there's a, they used a lot of influences yeah. from Westerns, and you know way more than I do, and even from what I know, I picked up quite a bit, and I so I think... That connection for us was strong, not just because we live in Texas, but we also like that media. We like that that genre right. of film. Uh, so I think that that I think they did a Western justice. I really do. Yeah. I think they they really gave a lot of good nods to Western films and Western media. So in that regard, I think they were successful. Um, I do understand why it didn't do well. I understand maybe why audiences didn't gravitate to it and it it was just so different again we haven't done brother bear yet but it's so drastically different from treasure planet treasure planet was like they're they're swinging for the fences in a lot of different ways with a lot of different genres we talked about how treasure planet was so earnest yeah like it's just so not too over serious but it's just very like this is a movie about adventure. And this one's like, this is a movie about cows in a Western. Well, it's and it's funny. an adventure movie, but it's like uh, kind of a cornball Yes. Comedy. I will say, I think if you liked Emperor's New Groove, I don't think this is as funny and as good as Emperor's New Groove, but I think it's like in the same vein of yeah, like, that I sort think, of Disney I think movie. You would kind of, I think you would enjoy it. And I also think... You know, give it a go. I mean, worst comes to worst, you turn it off, right? Yeah. If you don't care for it, just <laughs> turn it off. You got Disney Plus, you're already paying for yeah, it. Yeah, so. but if if you've not seen it, I would say give it a try. You know, um, I think it was critically, it did not do well, and it may have steered a lot of people away steered. from huh, a lot of people away from watching it. I know it did me. I mm-hmm. was like, well, why should I ever check this one out? No one ever has anything good to say about it. And now I have plenty of good things to yeah, say about it. I liked it. Well, guys, this one was a surprise, and uh, hopefully the next one, Chicken Little, will also be uh, as much of a surprise. Um, We will see you then. Uh, Until then, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about our little podcast. It really helps you out. Uh, But we will see you. Helps us out. Well, it also helps you out. It makes you feel good. I guess that's true. It gives you a little sense of, you know. (laughs) um, But we will see you next time for Chicken Little. All right. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.